And I think that is what sets us apart from everybody else who write text messages and all that. That we just don't see snowfall as snowfall, but snowfall as related to a lot more things than just water and then all that. This is Poetry in Minor from our producer, Zena Cortez. I'm your host, Noah Kosminski, and this is our first episode, Who is the Poet? To some, a career as a poet sounds impractical and unheard of, and then to others, it sounds brave. Many might argue that poetry is dead, and modern poetry obscure. So where does poetry exist? Today, we take a look at poets in an unexpected place, an engineering university, and try to answer the question, who is the poet? Zina is meeting with Edzordzi Egbozo, Emma Luzon, M. Bartley Siegel, and Nancy Hinaku. The poets featured in this episode are a small representation of poets that can be found on Michigan Tech's campus. So I came to Michigan Tech upon the recommendation of a former teacher of mine who was here for her sabbatical. And so when I finished my master's and I was teaching in Ghana, the person just recommended that I look at tech too. So I looked at the program and so I applied. But I got other offers, but I decided to come here. Probably if I knew uh, Houghton was the school, I would just have come <laughs> I was initially going to apply for Master of Fine Arts programs in poetry, um, and I decided while I was working on the applications that that was not right for me at that time. Around that same period of time that I visited Copper Harbor for the first time, I remember driving through Houghton and just being surprised that there was a school (laughs) in this remote place that was so beautiful. Um, when I got home, I looked up grad programs and been here since then. When I left high school and went to college, I came to Michigan Technological University and very quickly learned that that was not where my my interests and my talents lie. And so I spent a little under a year at Michigan Tech, and then I transferred back downstate, and I ended up finishing my bachelor's degree at Eastern Michigan University, Uh, and then I worked as a journalist uh, for a little while, and then I went back to graduate school at Penn State, and then my wife, she went on the market and applied for a job up here at Michigan Tech, which was a little bit of a hard sell. But she convinced me, and so I came up to Michigan Tech uh, sort of on her coattails, and I adjuncted for two years, and a tenure-track position in the Department of Humanities became available, and so I applied, uh, and, I, and I fought tooth and nail, and I got it, yeah. and that's kind of where I've been. So I've been professor. I started off as assistant professor of creative writing, uh, and I was assistant uh, professor for six years, was promoted to associate, and that's where I've been for the last five years or so. So I I came mainly because of our program. I mean, the um, PhD program in the humanities, Mm -hmm. Rhetoric, 
theory and culture. So for my master's, I was an English student, but I was doing interdisciplinary work using linguistics. And I I felt I wanted to continue that kind of interdisciplinary research. When I found that program, I was really excited because Mm -hmm. it had a lot of the things I wanted to engage with. I wanted to talk about globalization. I was interested in literature, linguistics, Mm -hmm. rhetoric, you know, and somehow our program brings everything together in a meaningful way. And um, so that's one of the reasons why I came here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I thought I would gain a lot from our programming. I haven't regretted it. Yeah. There are some hilarious stereotypes we might be familiar with when we think of a poet. Like, poets wear berets. Poets like flowers. Poets vote Democrat always. Poets don't work. Which poets don't really make any money, do they? Poets are consumed by some kind of guilt or trauma. Poets are reflective in silent types. Coffee. Poets and coffee. Poets listen to NPR. Poets are from New York City. It turns out they are regular people just like you and me. Yeah, I think among my cohort been surprised by the amount of people who also engage in, in poetry or or um, creative writing like uh, short stories and so and ha- taking a graduate class that was more focused around poetics also allowed us to connect in a different way. I think for many people this area is really quiet and for some people that could be a bit problematic right but I like this area because it's um in sync with my own temperament so I really don't like very loud places and I love solitude. One of the things that led me to leave tech as a freshman was a poetry class that I took with a guy named Randy Freisinger who was then professor of creative writing and rhetoric here and and he was really instrumental in like booting me to the curb and being like you can't be here you got to go someplace else. And then I kind of veered off. You know, I have very kind of hard working class roots. My dad was a tool and die maker. My grandfather was a tenant farmer. And mm-hmm. those are kind of my people. And so it, being a poet was not, like as a profession, was not something that I was able to sort of imagine for myself. And that's, I think, where journalism kind of stepped in was it was an avenue for me to write that was attached to a profession but it wasn't until i was back at tech in my early 30s where i really sort of started writing and publishing poetry exclusively and i i think it was a few years before i was really calling myself a poet that feels pleasant like it's a very neat close community Mm -hmm not much activity outside of academic work. So for as for me as a PhD student, it's the best <laughs> place to be. Mm-hmm. There's no distraction. You yeah. just focus on your work, you do your stuff, you write your papers, you write your your stuff and that is it. And and the environment is also, you know, very comfortable. Uh, a lot of vegetation and trees and rivers and yes. water and all that. So like for an academic community, this is the best place to be. 
For a lot of people, poetry is that ridiculous thing they learn in English class that they wish would end. It makes them uncomfortable. Poetry is more accessible than we might think. One of the kind of, one of the things that's really in the lurch with poetry is that and I don't mean this to be reductive or just overly simplistic, but like poetry is is really the most basic human art form. I think poetry is just the sound of the human voice. The human voice is to our animal as bird song is to the bird. And I think we forget that. I don't typically tell people that I'm a poet, but if they find out, they're usually curious to hear some poems. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's about me. I think that's about poetry being Okay. Even if it's not people's thing, they they it like piques their interest. I think everyone has those creative potentials in them if they want to pursue it. But I also think it comes back to that discipline. It's not so much who has the raw talent. I think it's more who is willing to work and revise. Like so much of that, so much of poetry is the revisiting and revising. Sometimes things I experience influence what I write. Sometimes it's just someone else's story. So not everything Mm -hmm. I write is about me necessarily. Or sometimes it's it's just so many things. It depends on the context, right? And then sometimes it's also what I'm reading and and how they are somehow shaping the ways in which I'm thinking about my experiences within, you know, the larger world. I was getting ready to go to New York and mm-hmm. the taxi driver who came to pick me to the mm-hmm. airport, I, I still have an image of him. <laughs> Okay. So so when he looked like Santa Claus, and you know, it was rain and it was mm-hmm. snowing. When he dropped me at the airport, he just gave me this very warm hug. And oh. so when he left, I kept looking at the back of the taxi. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, for me, it was a very surreal experience that I yeah. have. It. And I've been trying to put that in poetry, but it's a very profound mm-hmm. experience that it's kind of been a struggle. So I, I grew up in... Uh... In a very traditional African home, where usually in the evenings, grandmothers tell you stories and mm-hmm. all that. But this is the relevance of that until I, I went to school. So I was in the languages section, literature, every language, which is my mother tongue, mm-hmm. and then government. So during that moment, I fell in love with literature. Yeah. And I fell in love with poetry in particular because... Most of the poets that we're reading were poets from my culture. Mm-hmm. And some of the things they were reading about were things, were stories my mother had, my grandmother had told oh, me. Oh, yeah. So I was like, okay, so if they could translate cultural, you know, stories and poetry into something that can be studied in school, mm-hmm. I can do the same because I have all these yeah. uh, already. Every human being is by birthright a poet. Edzorzi Egbozo is a PhD student in the Rhetoric, Theory, and Culture program at Michigan Technological University. Emma Luzon is originally from Kalamazoo, Michigan, where she's been writing poetry on and off since high school. M. Bartley Siegel is the author of This Is What They Say, distributed by Typecast Publishing, the founding editor and publisher emeritus of Pank Magazine, and associate professor of creative writing. 
Nancy Hnaku is originally from Ghana, but currently lives in Houghton, Michigan, where she is studying for a doctoral degree in rhetoric, theory, and culture. 